Welcome to Coach Pep Talk, the podcast for people who run their own coaching businesses. Each episode, we share wisdom that helps us be better coaches and better coaching business owners. And this week, my guest is Cindy Turner, who is going to be talking to us about how we can unleash the power of the feminine. We've just changed the title, so I had to make sure I got that just perfectly right. And it's a, it's a movement that I feel is happening. I'm feeling it um, growing each year, each year. And when Cindy and I first met, we were introduced by a mutual friend what, it was about a month or so ago, or two, or three. Oh, man, time flies. Um, you know, we got to talking, and we, could, we had this sort of uh, this common interest in the way, you know, things are changing in the world. But I don't want to get too much into that now because I want to hand over to Cindy and let her do it. But let me quickly introduce Cindy. She's been coaching for what is it, about 10, 10 like years? 10 years, yeah. 10 or 11 years. It turns out Cindy and I actually trained at the same coaching school. We didn't know it at the time, but we just found out. So she's, and she's an executive leadership coach. And now she's turning her intention to making an even larger impact in the world by her new um, business, which is evolvingwomen.co. And it is a transform, it, it's an online platform that has transformational programs that help women live their best life. And she's really um, cherry picking the best of the best and putting together awesome programs that anyone can learn from the comfort of their own living room. So Cindy's an amazing woman. She's making, uh, she's just moved to the Sunshine Coast, which is where I'm living too. And she's making, uh, you know, heads turn and people listen. And she's met more people than I have in three years. <laughs> in the couple of months you've been here. So a powerhouse, and I'm so happy and grateful to have you here, Cindy. So welcome. Thank you, Benane. Thank you for that lovely intro. Well done. <laughs> I've been practicing in front of the mirror all morning, and of course it didn't come out anything like what I've been practicing, but it was heartfelt and, <laughs> and exactly what it needed to be. So Cindy, let's get into it because we've got a lot of stuff we want to talk about. So in your ebook, um, let's see, Why Women Make Better Bosses, which everyone should grab a copy of. Um, you write about the state of the world today, and specifically you talk about, you know, um, uh, the state of how, how leadership is, is kind of an interesting space right now, you know, how technology is making an impact, how everything's so fast, fast, fast. And, um, you know, it really is, I think, I think a lot of people are, hear, are hearing or sensing that ah, something's going to give, something's got to change. Um, and uh, and it's it's we're really in a position for you know the the rise of the female way or you know a new way of being. Can you talk a little bit about about that and just kind of set the stage for us? Sure. Well, as you said um, in the beginning intro, um, I have been coaching for about ten years, so I've worked with a lot of different organisations and a lot of leaders over that time. And I guess some of the key themes that I've seen um, are really probably around three points. So, firstly. Um, we're seeing this digital disruption. So leaders are now busier than ever, having to manage more information and you know, being available 24 seven. So they are constantly on and not having that downtime to recharge. So they're already in a state of sort of anxiety and stress, um, their stress levels are higher. And I read recently that we as human beings are now taking on more information than our paleolithic ancestors did in a lifetime. So in one week, we are taking in more information than they did in a lifetime. So I think that's first and foremost, one really big challenge that we've got as leaders today. The second thing is that we're seeing a lot of questionable ethics and scandal happening um, in the political arena, uh, in our, our entertainment world and in, and, and in corporate world as well. 
So what is happening with these practices is that people are losing trust in leadership. They're, they're not just blindly trusting in the hierarchy and the patriarchal way that society has worked traditionally. And so we're getting a new generation of people coming in and even people that are, you know, Gen X, Gen Y, that are questioning just because you're the boss doesn't mean that I need to trust you, like you, listen to you, or even want to follow you. Um, you know, this dictatorship, this thou shalt and do it my way kind of leadership style just isn't working anymore. And the younger generations definitely are starting to question this, which I say, hallelujah. I think that's fantastic that people are actually um, questioning the, the status quo and going, well, hang on. I think this isn't working for us. And I think, it doesn't take us, you know, too much challenge to actually look around us both in our immediate world, but also in the larger context where we've got lots of examples of poor leadership and how that's playing out. Mm, yeah. So we're ready for, we're ready for a change and is uh, what, what's going to be next. So um, can you talk a little bit about like this, this whole, I mean, I've sensed it definitely in my career as a coach, as I've become just more, more consciously open to, you know, the, how I am and how other people are showing up and just observing that for the last 10 years myself. I've noticed that, you know, this, this dialogue about masculine and feminine energy and the yin and yang, it's always been there. I mean, it's all the way back to ancient, you know, Chinese medicine and, and longer, I'm sure. Um, but it, does it feel like there's a, a, an, an awakening or a growing of that for you? I feel um, I, I feel there has been and is currently a shift. I think this is one of the biggest revolutions happening in our time, you know, and I think it's such a fabulous time to be alive and to be a woman today. And it's not about denigrating men, but it's actually about seeing women step up. And I guess my business, Evolving Women, um, is a, a new project for me. Um, based out of a frustration of working with a lot of amazing women over the last 10 years who are brilliant, talented, capable, and have so much to bring and yet hold themselves back in some way. You know, the limiting beliefs, the imposter syndrome, whatever it is that is going on within them that is holding them back. And so Evolving Women was really born out of that frustration of seeing all these incredible, amazing women and wanting to really empower them to step up and to be the change that they want to be in the world. Yeah. So, um, yes, in answer to your question, um, it's a hell yes, for sure. I'm really seeing an <laughs> uprising of women. Um, and the other thing that's also happening um, is that women are, are looking to work in different ways because mm. organizations have typically in the past discriminated against women. It's like, oh, well, you want to raise a family, so we need you here full time. So because you can't work full time, we need you to leave. And so I did work in career coaching um, for quite a number of years and saw quite a trend of women being let go from their organizations because they couldn't deliver that full-time 50, 60 hours a week that the organization was expecting of them. Mm. So what's happening now is women are starting their own businesses. They're working differently. They're, you know, they're needing to be flexible to work around other commitments that they've got in their life, whether that's raising children or, or other things. So, um, you know, women have an incredible capacity to respond um, and flex into what is possible. Yeah, yeah, and I can totally relate to that too. I mean, I would used to work, you know, as an IT contractor for and different government departments in Australia, and uh, you know, that was a very specific way of working: project management, outcome driven, very like that. And then um, after my daughter was born, I was just like, ooh, 
you know, there's got to be another way. I want to stay home with this baby. I want to have flexibility. I want to pick her up. I want to take her to jujitsu, you know, all of that good stuff. And um, most, I mean, a part of my business was, was really created out of the need to, to just have a different way of living. So good on you for like, I, although I know there are so many women out there, especially in coaches who, you know, who are doing that and, and really, you know, I guess breaking the status quo and, and designing your own reality, which I think is just phenomenal. So let's talk about that. Um, because I know, especially like this last year for me and my business, I've probably stepped into my feminine energy, or my feminine strengths and trusted them in a whole, at a whole new level that I've, and I'm, you know, 43. Um, so I wish I would have done this earlier. But there, we we have some really great gifts, you know. Being a, a woman, that that guys can't they can tap into it, but you know we're we're like a, a little bit ahead of them, you know. And um, we're just just not obviously, uh, I guess, trained or nurtured to always use them because we kind of see the masculine world and think, okay, we have to fit in that box. And we uh, anyway, so the stepping into that's been immensely powerful, and and it's made things easier. Um, but I don't know, do you, where do you want to go? Do you want to start with looking at this, the science of, of the brain a little bit and to kind of explain some of the background of the differences or do you want to get straight into the differences? What are you feeling? Um, maybe just a, just a bit of a, a background piece around why I started to look into the female brain and the that science be. behind that. Because what I've also been witnessing um, in my coaching work is, you know, largely our role models in the world are men. And so women, I feel, are, you know, showing up in the world in typically more sort of masculine ways. You know, they're very directional, they're very, you know, assertive, they're quite aggressive. And so what we're seeing is women showing up like men rather than honoring their feminine nature. Mm -hmm. And so this got me really curious and I ended up doing a truckload of research around this and thus the ebook that I've written um, around um, why women make better bosses. Because I think women need to be more aware of their uniqueness and, and the strengths that come from um, our unique physiology, our unique brain chemistry um, in what makes us different. Um, and to be able to celebrate those differences so that we can show up in, in, a, way, in a way that's authentic to us. Yeah. So um, some of the research, I mean, I learned a lot of really cool things um, in the research that I did. And one of, the, one of my favorite books, and I've just got to give a plug to Dr. Amon. He's an American um, uh, surgeon, and he's written this book, Unleash the Power of the Female Brain. And this was probably the most powerful um, book that I read in all the research. And the other books that I read are listed in the bibliography of my ebook. So for those people who are interested to know more resources, they're there. Um, Dr. Amon has done a truckload of research. It's his life's work and phenomenal that he's male um, and such an advocate for women. So he's got a very powerful mother. He's got four daughters. He's got a lot of um, female colleagues around him. He's done um, a heap of studies and he's studied, he does a lot of PET scans and has done with over 26,000 people. One of the things that I thought was most interesting that I learned from reading his book was that they've done studies on the male and the female brain with these 26,000 people. And it is proven that a woman's brain is busier than a man's brain. So, you know, that monkey mind sort of busy, you know, buzzing thinking we are, it's proven scientifically that women do have busier brains and men do typically have quieter brains. So, um, 
And I should couch that by saying not every man has a male-oriented brain and not every woman has a female-oriented brain. It's, it's definitely more of a combination of both. But I thought that that was a really interesting um, bit of trivia around our minds. Yeah. The other thing that I learned um, that was really fascinating to me was um, when they studied a male brain when a man was communicating, the male brain typically uses the left hemisphere first and foremost. So primarily the, the activity was from front to back of the left hemisphere. The left hemisphere is um, around detail, analysis, logical, um, logical sort of orientation thinking, very focal thinking. Whereas a woman's brain on the other hand, so when she's communicating, she's actually using all different parts of her brain. So there's a lot more connectivity between the left and the right hemisphere and from front to back as well. So supporting that really busy, um, busy thinking, I guess you'd say in terms of um, the light activity that's going on in a female brain. So what does that mean? The right side of the brain is the, the seat of you know, our intuition, our empathy, our wisdom. And so a woman is connected connecting more, typically more often with that side of her brain, as well as the logic. So, you know, having a little bit of a blend of both perspectives when she's making decisions, the way she's communicating, the way that she's perceiving her world. So I think that's pretty cool to know. Yeah, it's really cool. And I think too that, I don't know, it's a bit of a relief too, to know that like physiologically, you know, that it's okay to have a monkey mind. Like it comes from, I guess, having to, you know, take care of all the <laughs> the kids and the berries and the, you know, the grandparents and everything, you know, as we have evolved. <laughs> well, and that's actually one of the gifts of the female brain is that when a woman is making a decision, she's not just thinking about the goal that she wants to get to at the end of the line. She's actually thinking about how will this impact on my partner if I have one, my children, my work team, um, the community, the globe more, you know, like our brain is continually thinking about so many more things and other people, you know, have the impact beyond self. Um, so that's the busyness. Mm. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And it's, you know, it's kind of like, ah, it's all right, you know, you've got a lot going on, girl. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> All right. So um, in your ebook, you talk a little bit about the pros and cons of the, that female brain. Um, and I love how you call it the superpower, the dark side. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So um, I guess if we're making sweeping generalizations about the male brain and the female brain, the male brain typically works quite linearly. So if you think about like a ship on the ocean, the that ship is heading towards a goal. There's a destination that it wants to get to. So the male brain works super awesome at being very focused, very directional, very goal orientated in wanting to get towards achieving that goal mm -hmm. to the exclusion of everything else. So you can see the beauty in that. You can see the strength that uh, a male brain would bring in terms of decision-making and action orientation. However, you can also see the limitations of that as well if they're not actually considering, considering anything else that may be along their path. Whereas a female brain typically works more like the ocean, like the waves on the ocean. So you've got the ship going in that direction. The female brain works more like the waves. Um, so ebbing and flowing, maybe a bit less directional, but probably taking it more into consideration in the way that it's um, showing up and moving towards what it wants. 
Yeah, no, I love the ocean analogy. My, my husband would totally agree with you. Oh, you know, <laughs> totally. Yeah. So I, I think when we look at this at, the, at a very high level, you know, men bring this amazing capacity to, yeah, to focus and to achieve and to move towards that goal. Um, whereas women bring other beautiful qualities, um, typically more around things like having empathy, compassion, they love to co-create, they're more connected with communication and their use of language. Um, so women bring di a different set of skills than men. And I think it would be great to see a world where there's a better blend of those two coming together, more of the yin meets the yang. So, you know, traditionally we've had very patriarchal societies where it's sort of a top down thou shalt. And a woman's way of working is much more collaborative. She's much more about socializing and connecting and wanting to fit in, wanting to actually get along um, and avoid conflict. Um, whereas the, the masculine way can be a little bit more conflict oriented in terms of, well, if you don't want to do it my way, well, we've got a fight on our hands. And we're seeing this play out in our, in our political arena at the moment. Mm. I, I, can, I can really relate to that, you know, having worked with a lot of coaches myself, you know, in, in watching coaches and, you know, we're really solopreneurs. And a lot of the times it's like, you know, we have to do this. We're fiercely independent and I have to do this all on our own. And even like to start to outsource stuff can be, um, you know, like scary or not, I've got to do this all my, all, all on my own. But I can definitely relate to that. And it's only been recently that I've felt like, I guess enough, I, I don't know, love or uh, openness to, to actually step out there and, and step into that co-creation space and, and, and connect in a, in, a, in a deep and meaningful way with other women and peers and, and colleagues and, um, and not be so closed off. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Have you noticed that in, in the coaching industry? Have you experienced, what have you experienced yourself? Um, yeah, I guess um, <laughs> having done this research has been quite affirming, quite validating in that, and it's actually been quite like, yes, that is actually more the way that I prefer to work. Like if I were to honor my true instincts, a couple of weeks ago, my partner and I were watching The Matrix, you know, um, they've been around many, many years, and there was this great quote. Let me just find the quote. Um, Mouse in the movie says, to deny our impulses is to deny the very thing that makes us human. And I just, when, when he said that, I thought, yes, of course. And I think if women actually connected more fully with their, their, their very nature, the feminine way of being more fully and honored that, that they would be even more powerful. And so for me, um, creating Evolving Women, um, I'm now wanting to build this business very much um, in a way that honors the female nature. Yeah. And so everything I'm doing, everything I language is around co-creation. It's about collaborating. It's about empathy. It's about having heart in the business. And even I was having um, a discussion with a lady yesterday and it was amazing the co-creativity that was happening just in the conversation. She's like, wow, just in this half an hour, it's amazing what we achieved, what we came up with, the ideas that we were able to envision um, in, in our collaboration together. And so for me, I feel like a part of me is actually coming alive as I grow and build this business. And I'm thinking, wow, I'm connecting with other like-minded, fabulous women who want to co-create as well, because it is our natural way of being. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, I can totally, like, I got goosebumps when you said that. Like, so I have, I mean, I don't know if we got trained or especially, you know, in my, my, my IT background, my career there in project management and everything, you know, you know, you see all the, it's really, it's kind of a, a man's world and that's really, it's that goal centered, um, let's go this way and, and nothing else kind of matters. Um, and I had been denying my intuition and my sensitivity and let's do this together and how can we make this fun and let's go sit outside instead, you know, just like silly little things, but that just change your whole life by just honoring those little kind of ideas that you have. Like those are actually our, I think our real gifts and, and the joy and, and uh, like the beauty that we bring into the world. Like lately, my husband's like, today you, you sprinkle fairy dust wherever you go. And I think that's my feminine energy and yes, I'm just bringing it more alive. And, it, and it's so much, it's such a nicer way to live. <laughs> Absolutely. To honor your true impulses, to just be authentic to you. I mean, it's so refreshing and, and it takes a lot less energy than trying to be something that you're not. Yeah. You know? Oh, I'm just, I'm like feeling like uh, I'm going to honor my intuition here, Cindy. I'm feeling like we need to ask a, a question to the people who are listening to this. So wherever you're listening, post a comment. Um, what, what question do you think we should ask? What's coming up for you? What do you want to know from our listeners? Are you sorry? Are you asking me? I'm asking you. Yeah, I just oh, feel like well, I want to know from our listeners. Um, what's resonating with them right now about this? You know, what are they seeing in themselves that they might want to um, empower or enable more of? Yeah, yeah. Is anything is a new part of you lighting up? Okay, that's too many. I don't want to ask too many questions, but yeah, let us know because I mean, this is still really new and, and a liberating thing for me, and I and I'd love to, especially hear from younger women who are like, yes, I mean, if you can tap into that before you're my age, that'd be awesome, and older as well. I mean, no time is too late because it's the, it's just a great way to be. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So. How do you think as women, we can best use the strengths of our, our female in intelligence? Well, first and foremost, I think it's being true to them. So it's about being more mindfully connected to self and um, having awareness of what's being stirred up within ourselves. So some of the other things that the research shows us is that women feel first and then apply logic. Men do it the other way around. Men, men have feelings too. It's not that they don't have them, but they logic things first, then feel later. A woman feels things first. We're more connected to our gut instinct. So you've probably heard of the three brains. Our gut instinct is where you know our wisdom comes from and we're more connected to that. So I think as women, um, honoring what our body communicates with us. You know, our body is constantly giving us messages about what's going on in our environment. So I think um, being more present to ourself and how we're interacting with our environment is probably the best advice I could give, could give any woman. Yeah. To honor honor what's going on within yourself. I'm just wondering, I mean, that sounds like something that would benefit men too, or is it something that's just... <laughs> Absolutely. No. And that was one of the things, the really cool things that I learned in um, the research as well, is that men actually feel even more deeply than women oftentimes, but they're very good at repressing. Mm -hmm. So I think if there was, um, you know, some advice that we could give to men listening today as well, it would be to, to start getting quiet and tune into what's really going on for them as well in terms of how do they feel. I know for my partner, you know, he's, he's very much in his head. Men can be very heady. Um, but to actually go, okay, well, what if we parked the mindset stuff, parked the thinking for a moment and actually connected more in with 
how you're truly feeling in the moment um, would be a great place for men to be. And I think some of our world leaders could benefit from connecting more with their feelings too. <laughs> well, it's interesting. My, my um, mentor, Kirk Ashley, um, is a man. Of course, he coaches men and women. And he mm -hmm. says, think to act, feel to decide. And yeah, I really like that. Um, yeah, that's lovely. Yeah, really beautiful. So that's advice he gives to to you. No and that's matter coming from a man. Fantastic. That's coming from a man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Apparently, he speaks female. That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, are there any? I guess we've kind of talked. Is there anything else you would suggest to men um, to that? Um, Maybe they can use the feminine intelligence, maybe not so much in themselves, unless you've got some, some other ideas, but even just as if they're working with women or for their wives or their daughters. Yeah, great question, Benay. I, I guess, um, you know, with both the, the male and the female way, there are pros and there's cons to, to both. So if a man is listening to this and, and recognizes in himself that he's very goal orientated and very like, I've just got to get there, to actually maybe take pause and go, well, hang on, maybe there is a different way, or maybe I need to consult with more of the feminine way. So to pull in um, a, a female leader or two to actually consult and go, well, how might you be seeing this? You know, what am I missing here? And, and, and the flip side as well for a woman to actually go, well, hey, maybe I need to consult with a man at the moment to be more purposeful and direction um, direction fully in achieving um, what they're wanting to achieve as well. So I think it's knowing that we have limitations. We all do. There's no such thing as a perfect person. There's no such thing as a perfect a person that has strengths across all areas. Um, we can allow those different aspects of ourselves. But if we have gaps, to uh, to actually acknowledge that and go, well, maybe I need to bring some other expertise in when I'm making decisions or business planning or making you know moving yeah. forward. Yeah, and for people, for anybody who is, is sort of new to that, to, to, to co-creating or to collaborating at, at that kind of a level, um, I just like to say it's a lot, it's a lot of fun, like, you know. I love it. It's yeah. much more, it's much more um, energizing for me to be yeah. um, co-creating with someone or a group as well. Yeah. It's amazing. More minds are far better than one. Yeah. For, for people who are, you know, maybe quite um, heavily in their, in their ego or, you know, it's about them or like, would you, what advice would you give, you know, if they're feeling like, oh, that sounds, you know, what Cindy's saying really resonates and it sounds like a great idea, but, you know, their ego is really resisting it. What would you, what advice would you give them? Well, that's a really good question. Because <laughs> you see, examples. <laughs> I actually think it's a really delicate one because um, there's so many people that are in their ego, and for them to actually try and let their ego go, which for many people they're very wrapped up with that. Their whole identity is caught up with who they think they are in the world, and you know their job title and how much money they make and what kind of car they drive. So asking a question that helps them to get to who they truly are, that, you know, I don't, I don't think there's one question. And oftentimes it's an earth shattering kind of paradigm shifting question that would rock their world. Yeah. Um, I think those are delicate conversations that we need to have in the coaching space around questioning their identity and where does that come from and, and how does it meet their needs? Yes. I was listening to um, an interview the other day, a podcast interview with Oprah interviewing Eckhart Tolle and Oprah invited Eckhart Tolle to be part of her Oprah's book club. Mm -hmm. And Eckhart's response was, thank you. 
not like kicking and screaming going, oh my God, I'm going to be an Oprah's book club and oh, I'm going to sell millions of books. It was, thank you. Mm-hmm. And Oprah just went like, is that all? Is, is that it you've got <laughs> for me? Because I'm expecting this like, you know, massive response. And he, because he's so egoless, he was just, thank you, you know? So I thought he's that was- the author of The Power of Now. If you haven't read it, check it out. Awesome book. <laughs> Great book. Um, But yeah, I think um, ego is something that can be very dangerous. It can Mm. be something that also keeps us safe. But um, yeah, I don't think there's one question that could. Yeah, well, and and, you know, if if anybody does, because I know, like, um, I've only kind of, I've been kind of chipping away at my ego for a long time, and it's taken me a while, and I'm sure there's more to go. Um, However, like the idea of collaborating or co-creating, you know, with, with somebody who's kind of doing something similar to me. It used to really scare me. And, or, you know, I feel like, oh, you know, I'm going to lose my knowledge or there's there's a competition feeling there. But these days it's like totally gone. Um, so if you're being triggered by that idea, you know, it might be worth, you know, exploring it, having a conversation with a coach uh, um, and just seeing what's behind that because it can be dangerous when your identity is wrapped up in something that's outside of you. Because what happens if that thing goes away or it doesn't work? It may or may not be as you know as a result of something you've done and then all of a sudden you're feeling lost and terrible um so if you can nip that in the bud before it happens <laughs> i don't know if you want to say anything you do okay and one of the things that's really helped me is um in marianne williamson's book a return to love she talks about we're either in a state of love or we're in a state of fear mm-hmm. and i think for me that was really quite a powerful statement to take on board to digest to absorb because we're either feeling abundant, you know, generous spirited, like the world is going to serve and provide for us, or we're like in this state of competition and fear and being small. And so that really helped me to shift out of, well, am I comparing myself with other people or am I threatened by what somebody else is doing? Or am I actually acting out of, you know, out of love and my desire to serve? Um, so that's helped me to really shift towards wanting to be in a state of love rather than fear all the time. Yeah, yeah. And I do think that love is a key component too of working in the female way, working from that place of love. Um, and interestingly enough, when you're talking about women and feminine way and, and leadership, it did, isn't Marianne Williamson like heavily into politics these days? I think she's <laughs> running for president. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm sending a lot of my conscious love that way. Talk about a monumental shift. That's a to be a very different shift in politics. Oh my goodness! What a like <laughs> opposite. Wow. Okay. So anyway, I'm glad she came up. I was wondering if she'd come up in our talk today. Oh, and Cindy did recommend a Return to Love for me, and I did a road trip the other day, listened to it on audio, and then I have a paper copy so I could do my highlights. And thank you, Cindy. It's awesome. Okay. Talk. Really loved it, and especially when they talked about the marriage bit. She does this section on marriage where she describes what marriage means. And I just burst into tears. It was so beautiful. I'm like, oh my gosh, that is what marriage is. She's, a, she's an incredible woman. She's amazing. So thank you. Um, okay. So if you had a magic wand right now and all the workplaces, communities, and cultures started to deeply honor and value both the feminine and the masculine way of being, what changes do you think we'd see in the world? Mm. A couple of weeks ago, I spoke um, at the Mental Health Symposium in Brisbane, and what became abundantly clear in the two days there is that we are at crisis point with depression levels, stress, anxiety, suicide, 
um, the use of drugs just to cope, alcoholism. Mm. And I didn't realize probably at what crisis point we're at until I went to that symposium. I know that we, we have some challenges in that area, but um, what I think would happen if we had a deeper sense of honoring the masculine and the feminine, or in other words, basically allowing people to show up as their authentic self, we would have more joy. I think people would enjoy their work. They would enjoy their, their everyday living more fully because they have permission to be themselves. And I think ultimately as coaches, that is what we're helping people do is to live a life more in alignment with their truth. So if we could actually have deep respect for, you know, men to have deep respect for the feminine way and for women to have a deep respect for the masculine way, I think the world would be a happier, um, more balanced place. We'd have more yin for the yang. We would actually have more balance around the way that we show up, the way that we interact. The, we would be making better decisions together because we'd be working together without fear out of, you know, in a space of love, we would be working together. Yeah. Do you think that like, you know, when, uh, when I hear statistics on like how many people are on antidepressants, for example, and especially teenage suicide rates and things like that, I, I, you know, I kind of do live in my bubble and surround myself with, you know, a, a, a amazing people. And I hear these stats and I'm just like, you know, blown away with that. How do you think that that's a cause of like, of working in that kind of, um, masculine way where you're not um, sort of considering the impact of things or or is it a is it a more complex thing than that I'm just wondering how exactly do you feel that that, that feminine um, nature really contributes um, in a very simplistic way of responding to your question the Dalai Lama says that depression is merely get this merely unmet expectations mm. And so when we have expectations of what our work should look like, our, our love life should look like, our health should look like, and life isn't serving us those cards, people get incredibly disappointed. And in a time where we live in a world full of social media and lots of opportunity for comparison, we also have a lot of um, movies and, and sitcoms to watch where there's lots of beautiful people dressed beautifully and they all seem to be so successful. And so there's a lot of room for comparison, mm -hmm. um, you know, if we want to get caught up in that. And so I feel um, the more people can be their authentic self and actually give themselves permission to just be who they truly are, mm -hmm. be true to their unique brand, rather than trying to compare or um, show up in a way that looks like somebody else. Um, I think the more that we can be true to ourselves and actually manage our expectations about what we want, because we can create anything that we want in the world. Um, we are deliberately designing our life all the time through our own limiting beliefs, through our habits, through our actions. Um, and so some very, you know, minute shifts can actually change the way that our world responds to us. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, for people who are like, this is like just totally resonating with them and they're like, yes, I want that. I want that. What's, what's the first step? What would you recommend for, you know, how do I become authentically myself? 
I think first, the, the first step is, and, and my little um, catch cry at the moment is to deliberately design your best life. So the first step is to actually get really clear on, well, what is that for you? Yeah. That, that you really want? Because it's, you know, fine to sit there and whinge and complain about the cards that life's given you and, you know, how you're not happy, but do you actually know what you do want? Yeah. Um, so that's the first piece. And the second piece is, um, you know, work with a coach, find out what your values are, find out what your passions are, find out what you are here most to do in your life. Because mm. I believe we're all here for a purpose. We've all been put on this planet to bring our unique essence forward. We've all got unique talents and gifts that we've got packaged up in a unique way that makes us us. And so we're here to fulfill that purpose. And I think if you're not clear on that, find a coach to work with to help you um, get clear on that. Mm, yeah, for definitely. me, my, my personal journey, I mean, I've been coaching for 10 years or almost 11 years and helping lots of other people on that journey to get more aligned with their truth. But in truth, it was very hard for me to coach myself. So I then late last year engaged a coach to work with because I'm like, I was just so frustrated that I didn't feel like I was quite on that path for me. Um, and thus Evolving Women was born out of those conversations. And I tell you what, every day I love getting up and who I'm going to be talking to and what interviews I'm going to be doing and building this business because I'm building the perfect business for me around my purpose and how I want to create change in the world and who I want to be working with every day. So I've built this most amazing business that allows me to play to my strengths and my passions every day. Like how lucky am I? So <laughs> deliberately designing my best life, my best business, and you can too. Everyone can do that. Everyone has the, the capability of doing that. I firmly believe it. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And I totally like the first question, you know, whenever anybody's like going through a stuck state or, you know, they start a conversation with me, I'm like, what do you want? Just sit down and journal until you're really clear. What do you want? What do you want? Yeah. And then, um, yeah, so, and then that's what I've, I've been doing. You know, I kind of, we go through reinventions regularly, I think, and I've just gone through a really big one. But man, my journal, what do I want? What do I want? What do I want? Until it felt authentic and it felt real. And it was, what are the, what are the things I most want to experience? Not that I want, you know, X amount of subscribers to my email list or whatever, you know, like what, how is that going to make me feel? What do I want to feel right. each day? And, um, and um, then I did my passion map with, um, with Peter and I've been working with a coach too. And on top of that as well, and man, just talk about a fast track. Um, once you've got that clarity of purpose. Um, Working with a coach will definitely get you there faster every time. I firmly believe that. So are you taking clients now or... Um, I'm not at the moment because I'm super, super busy launching women. <laughs> I've got a lot on my plate, um, but I, I guess in a way I'm coaching differently. So I'm helping empower women. I'm looking for, um, you know, influencers who have a chosen niche and an area of expertise that they want to give back and they want to serve women with. So um, if they've got a transformational program that they want to offer to women around the world, um, those are the women that I'm connecting with at the moment. Okay. <laughs> it sounds awesome and fun. Oh yeah, it is every day. Just love it. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. I can totally relate. Oh, Cindy, thank you so much. So we, we um, kind of uh, went all over the place. I think that was a really powerful interview. I love some of the stuff about ego and, and Marion Williamson and leadership that's come up to um fantastic um is there anything else you'd like to leave i suppose maybe as a as a parting word to to all the any coaches who are listening 
Um, I, I think if you're a male coach, um, to honor your male nature um, and, you know, to recognize that women are very different um, to men typically, like if we're making sweeping generalizations, to honor and acknowledge that women do bring different strengths to the table. And the flip side, for women to actually honor and acknowledge that men are different too. And I think if we can get um, that more cohesive sort of collaborative approach happening in, in our world, that the world would be a better place. Yeah. And I guess, um, you know, to each individual coach, you know, play to your strengths, do what you love every day, deliberately design your best life and your best business, and you will not regret a day of your life. Yeah, and just stick with it. It might not happen overnight, but if you just Absolutely. stick with it, <laughs> it happens. It's amazing. It does uh, happen. Yeah. So um, I will put uh, all of the links that we've we've uh, we've mentioned and the resources that have come up in this interview in the show notes, and there'll also be a, a transcript available. Cindy, if people want to learn more about you and maybe and to grab a copy of your book, why why women make better bosses, how can they do that? Okay. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, Cindy Turner on LinkedIn. So they can find me under Evolving Women there. And also they can come to the website and get a free copy of the ebook, which has a lot more of the brain science in it. Um, it's called Why Women Make Better Bosses. So they can hop on my website, evolvingwomen.co. Um, so that's a nice, easy spot to find out more about us, what we're doing, um, and to get a hold of a free copy of that book. Yeah. And I'll put, I'll, like I said, I'll put all those links in the show notes. If you want to get the transcript and the show notes with all the links, the best place to go is to my website, universalcoachingsystems.com and just click the podcast link at the top. All right. Thank you so much, Cindy, for coming today. It's been such an honor having you here. Thank you very much, Benay. It's been great fun. And thank you listeners. And we'll see you again on the next episode. Happy coaching. <laughs>